Section 19 of Jataka Tales by H. T. Francis and E. J. Thomas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Woodpecker, Tortoise, and Antelope Once upon a time, when Brahmadatta was king of Benares, the Bodhisatta became an antelope and lived within a forest in a thicket near a certain lake. Not far from the same lake sat a woodpecker perched at the top of a tree, and in the lake dwelt a tortoise and the three became friends and lived together in amity. A hunter wandering about in the wood observed the bodhisattva's footprint at the going down into the water, and he set a trap of leather strong like an iron chain and went his way. In the first watch of the night the bodhisattva went down to drink and got caught in the noose whereat he cried the cry of capture. Thereupon the woodpecker flew down from her treetop, and the tortoise came out of the water and consulted what was to be done. Said the woodpecker to the tortoise, "'Friend, you have teeth. Bite this snare through. I will go and see to it that the hunter keeps away, and if we both do our best, our friend will not lose his life.' To make this clear, he uttered the first stanza. Come, tortoise, tear the leathern snare, and bite it through and through, and of the hunter I'll take care, and keep him off from you. The tortoise began to gnaw the leather thong. The woodpecker made his way to the hunter's dwelling. At dawn of day the hunter went out, knife in hand. As soon as the bird saw him start, he uttered a cry, flapped his wings, and struck him in the face as he left the front door. Some bird of ill omen has struck me, thought the hunter. He turned back and lay down for a little while. Then he rose up again and took his knife. The bird reasoned within himself. The first time he went out by the front door, so now he will leave by the back. And he sat him down behind the house. The hunter, too, reasoned in the same way. When I went out by the front door, I saw a bad omen. Now I will go out by the back. And so he did. But the bird cried out again and struck him in the face. Finding that he was again struck by a bird of ill omen, the hunter exclaimed, "'This creature will not let me go!' And turning back, he lay down until sunrise. And when the sun was risen, he took his knife and started. The woodpecker made all haste back to his friends. "'Here comes the hunter!' he cried. By this time the tortoise had gnawed through all the thongs but one tough thong, his teeth seemed as though they would fall out, and his mouth was all smeared with blood. The Bodhisattva saw the young hunter coming on like lightning, knife in hand. He burst the thong and fled into the woods. The woodpecker perched upon his treetop, but the tortoise was so weak that he lay where he was. The hunter threw him into a bag and tied it to a tree. The Bodhisattva observed that the tortoise was taken and determined to save his life. So he let the hunter see him and made as though he were weak. The hunter saw him and, thinking him to be weak, seized his knife and set out in pursuit. The Bodhisattva, keeping just out of his reach, led him into the forest. And when he saw that they had come far away, gave him the slip and returned swift as the wind by another way. He lifted the bag with his horns, threw it upon the ground, ripped it open, and let the tortoise out, and the woodpecker came down from the tree. Then the bodhisattva thus addressed them both. My life has been saved by you, and you have done a friend's part to me. 
now the hunter will come and take you so do you friend woodpecker migrate elsewhere with your brood and you friend tortoise dive into the water they did so the master as the all-enlightened one uttered the second stanza the tortoise went into the pond the deer into the wood and from the tree the woodpecker carried away his brood the hunter returned and saw none of them he found his bag torn picked it up and went home sorrowful and the three friends lived all their life long in unbroken amity and then passed away to fare according to their deeds the crocodile and the monkey once upon a time while brahmadatta was king of benares the bodhisatta came to life at the foot of himalaya as a monkey he grew strong and sturdy big of frame well to do and lived by a curve of the river ganges in a forest haunt now at that time there was a crocodile dwelling in the ganges the crocodile's mate saw the great frame of the monkey and she conceived a longing for his heart to eat so she said to her lord sir i desire to eat the heart of that great king of monkeys good wife said the crocodile we live in water and he lives on dry land how can we catch him by hook or by crook she replied caught he must be if i don't get him i shall die all right answered the crocodile consoling her don't trouble yourself i have a plan i will give you his heart to eat so when the bodhisatta was sitting on the bank of the ganges after taking a drink of water the crocodile drew near and said sir monkey why do you live on bad fruits in this old familiar place on the other side of the ganges there is no end to the mango trees and breadfruit trees with fruit sweet as honey is it not better to cross over and have all kinds of wild fruit to eat lord crocodile the monkey made answer deep and wide is the ganges how shall i get across if you will go i will mount you on my back and carry you over the monkey trusted him and agreed come here then said the other up on my back with you and up the monkey climbed but when the crocodile had swum a little way he plunged the monkey under the water good friend you are letting me sink cried the monkey what is that for said the crocodile you think i am carrying you out of pure good nature not a bit of it my wife has a longing for your heart and i want to give it to her to eat friend said the monkey it is nice of you to tell me why if our heart were inside us when we go jumping among the treetops it would be all knocked to pieces well where do you keep them asked the other the bodhisatta pointed out a fig tree with clusters of ripe fruit standing not far off see said he there are our hearts hanging on yon fig tree if you will show me your heart said the crocodile then i won't kill you take me to the tree and i will point it out to you hanging upon it the crocodile brought him to the place the monkey leapt off his back and climbing up the fig tree sat upon it 
Oh, silly crocodile, said he. You thought there were creatures that kept their hearts in a treetop. You are a fool, and I have outwitted you. You may keep your fruit to yourself. Your body is great, but you have no sense. And then, to explain this idea, he uttered the following stanzas. Rose apple, breadfruit, mangoes too, across the water there I see. Enough of them, I want them not. My fig is good enough for me. Great is your body, verily, but how much smaller is your wit. Now go your ways, Sir Crocodile, for I have had the best of it. The crocodile, feeling as sad and miserable as if he had lost a thousand pieces of money, went back sorrowing to the place where he lived. THE BRAHMIN AND THE ACROBAT Once upon a time, while Brahmadatta was reigning in Benares, the Bodhisatta was born as one of a family of poor acrobats that lived by begging. So when he grew up he was needy and squalid, and by begging he lived. There was at the time, in a certain village of Kasi, a Brahmin whose wife was bad and wicked, and did wrong and it befell that the husband went abroad one day upon some matter, and her lover, watching his time, went to visit the house. After she had received him, he said, "'I will eat a bit before I go.' So she made ready the food, and served up rice hot with sauce and curry, and gave it to him, bidding him eat. She herself stood at the door, watching the Brahmin's coming, and while the lover was eating, the Bodhisatta stood waiting for a morsel." At that moment the Brahmin set his face for home, and his wife saw him drawing nigh and ran in quickly. "'Up, my man! He's coming!' And she made her lover go down into the storeroom. The husband came in. She gave him a seat and water for washing the hands, and upon the cold rice that was left by the other she turned out some hot rice and set it before him. He put his hand into the rice and felt that it was hot above and cold below." "'This must be someone else's leavings,' thought he, and so he asked the woman about it in the words of the first stanza. "'Hot at top and cold at bottom. Not alike it seems to be. I would ask you for the reason. Come, my lady, answer me.' Again and again he asked, but she, fearing lest her deed should be discovered, held her peace. Then a thought came into our tumbler's mind. The man down in the storeroom must be a lover, and this is the master of the house. The wife says nothing for fear that her deed be made manifest. So ho! I will declare the whole matter, and show the Brahmin that a man is hidden in his larder. And he told him the whole matter, how that when he had gone out from his house another had come in, and had done evil, how he had eaten the first rice, and the wife had stood by the door to watch the road, and how the other man had been hidden in the storeroom, and in so saying he repeated the second stanza. "'I am a tumbler, sir. I came on begging here intent. He that you seek is hiding in the storeroom, where he went.' By his topknot he hailed the man out of the storeroom, and bade him take care not to do the like again, and then he went away. The Brahmin rebuked and beat them both, and gave them such a lesson that they were not likely to do the same again. Afterwards he passed away to fare according to his deserts. THE TORTOISE AND THE GEESE Once on a time Brahmadatta was king of Benares, and the Bodhisatta, being born to one of the king's court, grew up and became the king's adviser in all things human and divine. 
but this king was very talkative and when he talked there was no chance for any other to get in a word and the bodhisatta wishing to put a stop to his much talking kept watching for an opportunity now there dwelt a tortoise in a certain pond in the region of himalaya two young wild geese searching for food struck up an acquaintance with him and by and by they grew close friends together one day these two said to him friend tortoise we have a lovely home in himalaya on a plateau of mount sitakuta in a cave of gold will you come with us why said he how can i get there oh we will take you if only you can keep your mouth shut and say not a word to anybody yes i can do that said he take me along so they made the tortoise hold a stick between his teeth and themselves taking hold of the two ends they sprang up into the air the village children saw this and exclaimed there are two geese carrying a tortoise by a stick by this time the geese flying swiftly had arrived at the space above the palace of the king at benares the tortoise wanted to cry out well what if my friends do carry me what is that to you you caitiffs and he let go of the stick from between his teeth and falling into the open courtyard he split in two what an uproar there was a tortoise has fallen in the courtyard and broken in two they cried the king with the bodhisatta and all his court came up to the place and seeing the tortoise asked the bodhisatta a question why sir what made this creature fall now's my time thought he for a long while i have been wishing to admonish the king and i have gone about seeking my opportunity no doubt the truth is this the tortoise and the geese became friendly the geese must have meant to carry him to himalaya and so made him hold a stick between his teeth and then lifted him into the air then he must have heard some remark and wanted to reply and not being able to keep his mouth shut he must have let himself go and so he must have fallen from the sky and thus come by his death so thought he and addressing the king o king that they have too much tongue that set no limit to their speaking ever come to such misfortunes as this and he uttered the following verses the tortoise needs must speak aloud although between his teeth a stick he bit yet spite of it he spoke and fell beneath and now o mighty master mark it well see thou speak wisely see thou speak in season to death the tortoise fell he talked too much that was the reason he is speaking of me the king thought to himself and asked the bodhisatta if it was so be it you o great king or be it another replied he whosoever talks beyond measure comes by some misery of this kind and so he made the thing manifest and thenceforward the king abstained from talking and became a man of few words End of section 19